Hi, everybody. Welcome to WMD. What does it mean to be human? What is it that makes us uniquely human? Is it our ability to think? Is it our ability to create? What does it even mean when we tell people that as humans, we can think? On this episode of WMD, three cybersecurity students from the York College of Pennsylvania are going to wrestle with these questions as they discuss artificial intelligence. And so I'm going to hand off hosting of the show to Jimmy Metzger. Jimmy is a cybersecurity student at York College. He's a retired Marine, medically retired Marine, and he's going to lead the conversation. And he's joined by two of his classmates, Mariah Robertson and Matt Desoy, who we've heard from before on WMD. And the three of them are going to discuss artificial intelligence. Enjoy their conversation. All right, so today I am joined with Mariah and Matt. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Mariah, cybersecurity management major. Hey, I'm Matt. Matt is also a cybersecurity management major. Um, thank you both for coming on here and, and helping me out with this podcast. It's greatly appreciated. You're welcome. Uh, saving time out of your day. Um, AI, as, as we've learned from this actually previous class today, um, we could probably talk about this till the end of the day. Probably even further, go into and, and go into rabbit holes. Um, however, uh, what I want to talk about right now is the origins of AI, um, machine learning, deep learning, and, and analytics. So, Alan Turing, we talked about today, who was, uh, if, have either of you seen the Imitation Game? No. No. Okay. So the Imitation. So, but do, do you know what the Enigma machine was? You can explain it. Okay. So the Enigma machine. Uh, was the German uh, code system that that he was able to crack that actually helped win the war. Um, And he was considered um, one of the founding fathers of artificial intelligence. It was actually coined by a guy named um, John McCarthy. Um, This was after uh, Turing had been, um, after Turing's death. Uh, He was a a computer scientist and um, professor at Stanford. This is McCarthy. Uh, he, he died recently, I think within the past 10 years, I think he died. Um, so uh, the, the Turing test and the imitation game was a test that uh, involves a computer program that replaces, so you have three individuals. There was many different um, versions of the game as, as, it, as it came out, or the, or, the, or the test as it came out, but it, 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 what it wanted to showcase was the idea that the questioner or the interrogator um, could determine what is a computer and what is a human. And if a computer could accurately or imitate a human enough to pass as human, would that consider the human to be thinking? Okay. Um, so that was something Dr. Schwartz was talking about, right? In yeah, class. yeah, today, yeah. Um, and then over so over time so after the so after his death in the 1950s um, you, you saw and in subsequent decades you, you, you saw the development of uh, the thing known as the, the computer right um, we put a man on the moon with a computer uh, I don't know if you've seen that it's a very um, famous photo of the of the the code that was written um, to put the man on the moon and it was something like a ridiculous, a ridiculously small amount of data space that was put on there, but I mean, now we pull out our iPhones and we have 
10 times, 100 times the amount of storage. Uh, so that, that just plays into um, how, far we've, uh, how, how far we've come and how far AI has come. Um, so, and then in the 80s, we, fought, we see more complex capabilities with computing, um, more complex algorithms. Uh, it's very slowly closing the gap between human and machine. Um, but at this point, you know, during the 80s and kind of sort of 90s, they, they, they still weren't able to learn, right? They, they would be able to do complex tasks that normally would require um, human, human interaction. Um, and, you know, AI as, as itself is, a, is just a program or, pro, or when it started out was a program that were able to do things uh, and solve problems that normally require a human element or human intelligence. Um, things like decision making, driving, you know, Tesla driving, self-driving cars, uh, chatbots, right? That's a big thing. Uh, speech recognition, um, all these things that normally would require a human element. Um now can be put on a machine. Uh, I use I use Grammarly. One of the things we talked about today that kind of blew my mind was when we were talking when we went on that OpenAI thing, and this will play into sex tech big. But the creativity part of it that you could just put in words, and it would make what like six different yeah images. It made a couple different ones and variations. Yeah, you could click on different ones and. But it was highly customizable, yeah, and yeah. and it was very like if if you didn't know any better, would you think that um, a human did that, or would you think a machine did that? No, absolutely a human. Some of the images even look like someone took a picture, like a photography picture, not even a painting, but more an image. So yeah, uh, and she and and Dr. Schwartz brought up a a very very good point about you know, writing papers, right? This is gonna be very difficult for, for educators and for teachers because if an AI is able to use that creativity and essentially paraphrase effectively to where it could be passed off as an original piece of, you know, lit or, you know, a, a writing assignment, then how are teachers to know what is original, what is not? Well, would you consider that plagiarism if they did use an AI to write a paper? Well, it, it kind of destroys the point of the paper in the first place. So why? Okay, so why do why do professors assign papers? I guess you know so they can hear how the student thinks the problem through, possibly um, understand how the student researches and what resources the student uses to come to an, a conclusion. Um, but if you have a resource that can come to those conclusions for you, then why not use it? And this is why I totally agree. And this is why, like, if I pulled out my phone right now, right, and I just asked Siri, I was like, you know, and I'd be like, what's the capital of Zimbabwe, right? She could tell me within seconds. And that makes me laugh at, you know, <laughs> I, and, and as sad as it is to say, like, the fact that we have that knowledge at our fingertips, that Siri was able to go out and find that on the web, and we have that within an instant, much to your point, like why would you not work smarter, not harder? Um, so I, I use I use uh, Grammarly, which is uh, something that helps me with um, not only writing, but I got mostly the plagiarism checker, and I use it to before I turn in assignments. Um, it checks billions of web pages, right? 
And to check billions of web pages takes serious, complex algorithms, right? This is one of the AI applications in um, education. Um, and also YouTube, what I've, what I've, what I've, it's actually been kind of humorous. I don't know if you guys go on YouTube regularly on your phone. Like occasionally. Yeah, like, occasionally, sometimes. Do your recommendations, are your recommendations similar? to things that you've searched. Like if I wa- yeah, like if I watch a video, recommendations pop up in the same accounts. Yeah. yeah. So, so so you're kind of like, all right, so is someone watching me? Is someone Yeah. Yeah. So this will play into you to your convergence of 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 defense and surveillance. But um yeah, and then uh the last one of the last things was um I want to I want to hear your guys opinions. How do you think AI is different from artificial intelligence is different from human intelligence? I think it's faster in some aspects. Faster? Yeah. So in in what aspects are are is artificial intelligence better than human intelligence? I think with human intelligence we're limited to the resources that we have at our disposal whereas artificial intelligence has just a much more vast variety of resources that they can get their information from that we as humans may not be able to even recollect from our memory if we even do know it. So just because the AI does not have to rely on their memory makes it the better and quicker option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this was this was brought up in the imitation game. Um he he kind of alludes to like, all right, so if if I like to go to the movies. And then you don't like Brussels sprouts. And Matt loves opera, right? We're all thinking different things, right? So does does the fact that we think differently, does that something else thinks differently, does that mean that it's not thinking? Does that make sense? So because we're thinking, no, because no, we're still thinking. Can, yeah, I think uh-huh. everyone can think differently. Right, So, would, but would that apply to a machine? Can machines think differently, though? No, what I'm saying is, is it still in, like, like if a machine can think, right, we think differently. So just because someone thinks differently or some th- something thinks differently, does that mean that it's not thinking? Do you understand the question? Yes and no. Like, it's still It's thinking. kind of a rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a, it's a very, well, it's... What I was kind of trying to get to was the the human element of it. Like you can't really program emotional and you know relationship stuff into an AI. And but I mean, you can, but it's not going to be real, right? Right. It it can it can imitate to a certain extent, which is what yeah. yeah. So we're we're gonna get into that uh, in 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 just a bit. Um, But I want to end on. Yeah, so uh, more more of, of a difference between human and AI is um, you can't really actually side, side off ramp. I, I had asked a couple strangers like what what they had like if I told them artif- if I said what do you think of when when I say artificial intelligence, some of them said like iPhones, some said like comp- names of companies. So a lot of people said I don't know, but like the only movie reference that I got was iRobot. Right. And 
I remember in iRobot, he said that the the robot, right, was was dreaming, right? So that that kind of has the connotation of creativity. And we've seen today that in this open AI thing, that it's capable of creativity. That sort of random element that can be thrown in there can be, it, I mean, would you agree that that's a form of creativity? And emotion too. Like, I feel like dreams make you feel a certain way Mm -hmm. so now um last thing on on this was uh black box ai do you guys remember what black box ai was no no so black box ai is um algorithms that make up all ai right but you can't see what uh, those algorithms are doing you can't see how they're evolving how they're learning nothing about it um so, so no one knows how it's being done. And one of the uh, questions that was brought up in class was, um, or sorry, before I get to that. So where that's being implemented is a trade-off that we have with artificial intelligence and human intelligence is a robot or a machine would more likely be less biased than a human. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I brought I think I brought up two class periods ago um, about you know police and uh, law enforcement. So if all the cops in America today were replaced by artificial by AI cops, mm-hmm. um, do you think that they would be unbiased? Do you think that the the statistics um, surrounding the present problems like um, race, race, ethnicity, incarceration rates, do you think any of that would change if in this unbiased concept were to be introduced? Yeah, I mean, I think they'd be unbiased because they're programmed to react to certain things no matter a person's race. So I think that's why I think they'd be unbiased. So if you program it, it would be like a crime no is a crime what. no matter what. Yeah. Um, I think it really depends on the data set that the AI is trained on, if it's developed on data that's specifically generated towards like white male, then it won't be trained on data that's generated towards a black female or an Asian male or, you know, the different races. So then it may automatically target those other races that it did not encounter encounter data on. so that could create a bias. Now, whether or not you say that is a true bias because the robot really doesn't care what your race or um, gender is, is up to you know the person. But I think it does create a slight bias, whether like you know just depending on the mm. data. Absolutely, and I think and and caveat for that is uh, we were talking in class about. AI, black box AI in, in business models and do you really want do you really trust an AI that's job is to make money are you okay with not knowing how that AI is making money like give me an example okay so you're so you're the head of you're the head of a company right and you you employ a black box AI um, and you're like this is this is very very layman's terms. You say, you know what? Make me the best business model that I can generate the most amount of money. You don't know how it's being done. They could be doing some very shady stuff. This AI because it's learning like all these techniques on how to make money. Now it ha- now by definition, right? 
the machine needs to make needs to make money because it's biased in the way that it finds ways to make money. Because if I have two different investments, I'm the AI, I'm going to be like, well, I like this investment better because it has the more probability of bringing me um, a profit. So AIs can inherit can can definitely show bias. I think does that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so for the initial Q and A, I know I asked you guys a couple questions already, but um, this is just broad. Does lacking a human element create an issue in a society that embraces AI? And if so, how? I think it, to an extent, yes. Um, I feel like AI, we kind of have the emotional aspect as humans. So integrating them into society might, you know, that might hurt it, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it only really matters for specific industries. Like there's instances where implementing AI doesn't really need that human touch. But if you're going to implement AI into, once again, like the police force or the healthcare industry or, you know, something that involves human activity and that emotional connection, then that, you know, we should look more into it and the emotional effects that could come into play. Um, with implementing the AI. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you guys think that black box AI um, would work in any industry? I mean, I can't think of like a specific business in mind right now, but I'm sure that we could find something that could use the black box AI. I mean, okay. there are certain things like, I understand the shady part, but it really depends on how shady mm-hmm. it is. Like. Yeah. <laughs> If you're running like a a sex ring, that's yeah. shady. Yeah. But like if you're just, you know, gambling on the side, mm-hmm. uh, like it's not that yeah, big of a no. deal. Yeah, I think it yeah. It definitely heavily depends on obviously if you're going for like recruitment and hiring like we talked about, um, and because that's one of the implement implementations of Black Box AI because people think that oh, okay, well they're unbiased, so they're just gonna pick the best people regardless of whatever. Well by doing that, it, it it ended up being very stereotyping. Um, so, and that's and that's across the board. So, but there are simpler things than just making money and and um, you know job recruitment that black box could could potentially be used for. Uh, not knowing how things work, I think, is kind of a scary uh, a scary concept. But um, only time will tell. WMD, Weapons of Mass Disruption, is produced by me, Chris Perez, and all rights reserved to Dr. Tamara Schwartz. You may access this podcast free of charge on any of your preferred platforms or by visiting us at lamrai.com. That is L-L-A-M-R-A-I.com.